What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fight the MMA Show. I am your host, Kalen Nero, with my man, Kanan Sonye here. And today, we're going to be bringing y'all a pre-fight analysis for UFC Fight Night 176, Lewis versus Olenek. So, guys, I got some uh, good good fights on this main card. Uh, a lot of ranked opponents, actually, surprisingly, for a free card on ESPN+, Plus, So, which is not very often normally you see a couple ranked people in the co-main and the main event but not throughout the entire main card and with this one we're getting a pretty good card i think dana white and them are really starting to uh get a return on their investment through uh sticking through this whole covid 19 thing so they're really bringing us some good fights so yeah guys for the first fight on the main card we go to the lightweight division where we have benil Darius versus scott holtzman and i'm gonna pass it to my main man Kenneth sonia here to break this one down for us guys so Darius comes in 18-4-1, 12 finishes, 12-4-1 UFC. He does have a split decision win over Michael Johnson, which is huge for him. Scott Holtzman comes in 14-3, 7 finishes, 7-3 UFC. Darius is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai, so he's comfortable wherever the fight goes, and he has he has a gas tank. Azu can go and go and go and go. Showed that in his last but, fight. Yeah. Sometimes he leaves himself open, though, for the big shots, and it's three of his four total losses he's been KO'd in three of those fights. So, I mean, sometimes his over, over-aggressiveness gets, is, the, is his biggest downfall in this fight, and that's something to definitely look out for. Scott Holtzman is a brown belt BJJ, but he, he also mixes in his kicks well, and he's a very athletic fighter. He picks his moment, and he doesn't get hit a lot. So, he's gonna, he, as, of, as of now, he's, he sticks his punches, and he, dies, he, he picks his moments, and he capitalizes on those opportunities. He doesn't get hit that much. But in this fight, I think it's going to be different. I think Darius has fought a lot of high-level guys. He's fought Barboza. He beat Michael Johnson. He's fought guys that have been in the top of that weight class. And I think that he's going to be too much for Scott. Scott's never been finished in his career. But I think that Darius is going to be too much for him. And I think that he might – this might be – I think it, it could be either be a third-round finish or a decision. This might be the first finishes of his career. Or it's going to be a decision. But I got Darius in this fight. Yeah, I agree with you there. Benio in his last fight that I watched, he was overwhelming, man. He keeps a, a tremendous pace. He's an extremely well-rounded fighter. This guy can do it anywhere on the ground, standing up. And he, in his last fight, I can't remember. Was it Michael Johnson in his last fight? No, it was a, Michael Johnson was like back in 2017, I want to say. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember who he fought in his last fight. But he, he just overwhelmed the kid. And it... Whenever we're talking about this pressure and stuff, Scott Holtzman is a very athletic fighter, but Scott is kind of hesitant, and Benio is the opposite of that. Benio is going to be in his face the entire time, and Scott's not much of a counterpuncher at all. So I think that's where we're going to see Benio get a lot of a lot of success, where Benio is going to be pushing forward, and he, he is going to be a lot for Scott Holtzman to handle. Uh, I agree with you 100% where I think this might be the first time that Scott Holtzman does get finished in his career. Benio is just skilled everywhere, and I think Scott Holtzman's gas tank isn't as great 
as it needs to be in order to fight a guy like Benio. And I, I think Benio is going to literally put the pressure on him for three whole rounds, make him extremely uncomfortable, and he's either going to make him quit in the third round by getting him down to the ground and tapping him, or he'll just beat him up. Like I'm, I'm not even going to predict the, predict the decision in this one. I think I'm just going to take a third round finish for this one. Yep. Totally agree. And it was Drakar close. Like his last name. Yeah, Drakar close. Yeah, he he was like undefeated or something like that, or he only had like one or two losses. And this kid was like very high, highly prospected, and Benil humbled him big time, big time. Knocked him out. Yeah, he humbled him big time. Um, so for the next fight, we had a women's bantamweight fight between Yana Kunitskaya versus Julie. Ju- I'm going to say Julia. I'm assuming the second J in her name is silent. Julia Stoliarenko. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. If not, uh, listen to John Anik say it on Saturday and he'll get it right. Um, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, I so mean, you- they do still pronounce Daniel's last name as Cormier, which I just be like. Eh. Yeah. yeah, but I think Dan. I think Daniel's kind of gave up on that, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got Yana Kunitskaya, who's 12-5 and five with eight finishes. She's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. Uh, against Julia, who is 9-3-2, who has eight submissions on her career. Uh, she lost her USD debut in 2018 and hasn't fought in the promotion since, but she is 5-0 and in her last five fights, so I'm believing she lost her UFC debut, left, got five more fights, and then made her way back. Um, in those last five fights, she's had four submissions. Um, so Yana's a stand-up fighter, right? Taekwondo, boxer background, and she has a lot of knockout power, actually. Um, she's knocked out I think all her eight of her finishes are by knockout. I don't think she's really got a submission in her career. And the two losses she has in the UFC are to actually amazing fighters. You know, you got to think about it. Chris Cyborg, only woman in the world that can beat Chris Cyborg is Amanda Nunes. Cyborg knocks out everybody. Right. (laughs) And Aspen Ladd was dominating. She was undefeated. And her only loss is Jermaine Durandamine. And a lot of people thought it was controversial because she got hit after the belt. You know, which Jermaine Aranamine has a tendency to do. So, yeah, when I look at Yana, I don't look at her two UFC losses too much, you know, because I'm thinking the two losses are to to two really high-level fighters. However, if this Julia girl gets to the ground, I think it's going to be a problem because Yana is not experienced on the ground at all. I mean, like, eight out of nine wins by submission is insane. Um, I mean, you don't really see that anywhere. And maybe early, like I Hoyce Gracie, maybe like that's when that's when you think like early fighters that were only jujitsu guys. That's what you think of. Um, I think Julia will be okay on the feet. If it stays on the feet, Yana wins for sure. If it goes to the ground, I think Julia will have the advantage. But I think Yana is actually the bigger girl out of these two. Yana's a pretty big bantamweight. So, um, for my money, I'm gonna pick Yana Kunitskaya to win this fight. I think she's going to be too much on the feet. I think she actually finishes Julia probably in the second round um, by TKO. I think she'll kind of just overwhelm her in the first round. And then Julia's going to come in and kind of start shooting some desperation shots in the second round. I think Yana just put her away. All right. So this fight to me, this is the this is the biggest problem. This is the biggest fight problem that I've had in deciding a winner. And... Yana comes in, she's a boxer, she's a Taekwondo practitioner, and Julia comes in, she's a BGJ girl. But she also has an aggressive stand-up, and she's going to force the fight onward. She's going to keep pushing forward, 
She throws good combos. She throws some good kicks. She likes to clinch. She throws solid knees in the clinch. She's always busy and always moving forward. And with that, I know Yana has the knockout power. And looking at it, this is kind of like, to me, like the same fight I lost in the last one. Because Julia has zero takedowns in the UFC. In her fight that she lost, she has zero takedowns, right? Her accuracy is 0%. Just like Maya had. And in this fight, I'm kind of iffy. I don't know who I want to pick, but this is this. Every other fight we have about the same. Yeah. So in this fight, I'm gonna pick the difference. I'm gonna pick Julia in this fight, and I do believe this fight. We'll we get coming to the back, boys. We coming back. And I do believe this fight will get it down. And she's just an aggressive fighter, man. She's gonna push the fight forward. She might crowd Yana. Might get her against the fence, take her down. And this fight gets to the ground. She definitely wins. First off. And in this fight. I'll in those her last five fights, I want to say she won an Invicta title. So I mean, she hasn't been fighting a bunch of nobodies. I mean, Invicta's like one I of the women promotion. Invicta's good for women. And I mean, if she gets the ground. She's submitting somebody. somebody Yana, Yana was out. also a previous uh, Invicta champion. So, man, I at least I believe so. I'm almost positive. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Julia here just because I want there to be a. A clear winner, and I don't want there to be like, yeah, we're just picking after each other. Yeah, but I think Julia has what it takes. I think both fighters have what it takes to win this fight. If it stays on the feet, Yana has an upper hand. If it goes to the ground, Julia has upper hand. All right. But I'm gonna go with Julia because I feel like she's the more well-rounded fighter in this fight. All right. So next, guys, we go to the third fight on the main card, and it is between Maki Patolo versus Darren Stewart in the middleweight Hello. division. Uh, so, Maki Patolo comes in 13-5, 10 finishes, 1-1 one one in the UFC, and he's a former contenders prospect. So, that automatically rings a bell for me. Oh, Dana White Contender Series. Gotta look out for this guy. Uh, we have him going against Darren Stewart, who's 11-5, 7 finishes, 4-5 and five in the UFC. Um, and he's coming off of a loss, believe it or not, um, not into the, the UFC. UFC. Yeah, no, he lost in the Cage Warriors, and now he's coming into the UFC off of a loss, which is weird. Because they have millions and or not millions, thousands of fighters who want to get into the UFC who, who are coming off of wins in their promotions, and this guy gets gets the call. But anyway, Stewart's a very aggressive fighter. He's very entertaining, so I get why he might have gotten the call. Um, but he's kind of wild, and he leaves himself open for big shots sometimes. And I think Patolo, coming from the boxing background, is going to be very technical, and he's going to really pick him apart. He's going to kind of do a lot of bombing and weaving and just, just piece him up honestly i think patolo wins this fight probably second round first round maybe i think patolo is going to really go in there and master class him on the feet believe it or not and uh yeah i mean i got patolo winning this for sure i definitely agree with here i definitely agree with you here Stewart is definitely an aggressive fighter and he's going to come swing he's trying to knock you out he's trying to take your head off and with that is ufc records four and five he's coming off a loss in the cage warriors patolo's fought in bellator he's one on bellator he's one on the ufc I just think that Patolo is just a more technical fighter. here. Like you said, he's a boxer. He throws his punches with precision. He's accurate. He's he's calculated. He's going to throw combo after combo, and that's not what Stewart does. Stewart doesn't throw combos. He's literally just throwing hands until he knocks you out or until he finishes, and at least in his head. And in Stewart's last, Stewart is by far the more experienced fighter, but in his last fight, he struggled. They said he looked gassed. And this is like a way below the well not way below this is a step below the ufc this is cage warriors i've never even heard of cage warriors cage warriors is actually a very big uh european um 
promotion. Conor McGregor was double champion Cage Warriors. Uh, Dan Hardy was a champion in Cage Warriors. Darren Till was a champion in Cage Warriors. Um, old boy who beat Aaron Phillips. Uh, Jack Shore. Jack Shore was a champion in in Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors produces a lot of really good talent. That's probably the best feeder in Europe for the UFC. So when you see that, you can't... It's obviously not a UFC loss. You know, UFC loss, you can kind of, uh, well, it was in the UFC, you know. But it's not like it was in the Bayou Fighting Championship or something like that, yeah. you know. It was in a, a, a legit promotion. I mean, I, but I just feel like you're coming off a loss in a lesser promotion. You were four and five in the UFC. And in this fight against, like, a, against a guy in a lesser promotion, you looked just sloppy. Uh, they said you look gas. They said you look terrible. And you're the you're supposed to be the more experienced fighter here. You right. have nine fights in the UFC. I think that Patola is going to come in with something to prove. I mean, he's one of the UFC. He lost his he lost his debut. And that chip on his shoulder. He lost his debut, and he's just going to pick him apart on the feet. This fight's going to stay on the feet for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think Patola is going to destroy him. Right. Not destroy, but he's going to pick him apart. Yep, I agree. Alrighty, so now we are coming into our co-main event of the evening, guys. We got uh, Omari Akhmedov versus Chris Weidman. Um, Akhmedov is 24-20-4-1. and and um, He has 12 finishes on his career. He's 8-3-1 and in the UFC. I've actually never heard of this guy until this fight card, believe it or not. He's number 11 in the middleweight division. I've never heard of him. Um, he hasn't lost in his last six fights, so he's on a roll. Chris Weidman's 14 and 5. He has 10 finishes on his career. He's 10 and 5 in the UFC. And he's lost five of his last six. It's kind of crazy to think the fall from Grace Weidman's had, you know, starting off his career like 11 and 0, winning the championship, defending it a few so times, and then just falling out. But yeah, I'm going to give it to Kanan to break this fight down for you guys. Man, like you said, Chris Weidman's, Chris Weidman's fall from Grace, man. He beat Silva. That fight, which obviously that first fight, Silva was cocky and just got and got clipped, bro. And then the second fight, Silva to me looked like he was winning that fight until he broke his leg, well, he broke che- his ankle. He checked the crap out of that leg kick, dude. Bro, I when I tell you, I got woozy after watching that fight. I saw Silva's leg go around Wyman's and kick himself in the leg, and I was like, ah. <laughs> and then they just kept putting it on replay, and I was yeah. like, oh god, I can't see this anymore. Wyman is actually the favorite in this fight. And that's Just really surprising. Well, that's really what it is, is because of his name. He's lost five of his last three fights. All five of those losses have been by knockout. And it's looking to me like a Luke Rockhold situation. Your chin is gone. He just moved recently. Last fight moved up to light heavyweight because he was getting busted middleweight. And he got knocked out again. And I mean, I just, after, after seeing that, it, it really looks like your chin is non existent. Looks like you got a glass chin watching that. Omari comes in, he has a Sambo background. I pretty he's a Dagestan person. He's a Dagestan guy. He's one of the boys from Dagestan. And you know something about those guys, they can wrestle. They're made they're made from mountains. <laughs> Bro. Omari is a very well rounded fighter. He if the fight stays on the feet, he can throw hands. i I think it's very impressive. He's one of those guys who can do it all from there. Wyman's also a great wrestler and he averages almost four takedowns for fifteen minutes. But he's been outstruck majority of his career. And I think if this fight stands on his feet, I think Omari's oh, actually one of the feet, and I think Omari has a good enough Sambo wrestling ground game that I think he'll nullify anything Weidman has on the ground. I think Weidman, if Weidman tries to take him down, he's going to get stuffed or he's going to get beat on the ground. 
I think Omari's striking gives him the edge in this fight, and I think Weidman's chin is just on a decline. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets knocked out again. Right. So I got Omari Agmedov with a third-round finish. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with you a little bit there on I think Omari's going to definitely have the advantage on the feet. However, I, I do think Omari will have really good ground game. Like you said, he's a Sambo guy. So I do think he'll be able to kind of keep up with Wyman. But my question is, is what do we know about Sambo guys on their back? We don't know anything because we've never really seen a Sambo guy get put on their back. Chris Wyman's got the wrestling to put a guy like that on his back. Now, will he be able to get him get him down? Who knows? I don't think so. I think this fight's going to actually stay standing for the majority of it. Because a lot of the times whenever you see two guys who are really good grapplers come in and fight each other, they just decide to stand and bang. Wyman's boxing is a little bit underrated. I know he's been outstruck most of his career, but if you think about who the guys he's been fighting, it's kind of hard not to get outstruck by those guys. You know? Luke Rockhold, Joe Romero's, Robert Whitaker's, Jacare Souza. You got to think about those guys. Those guys aren't people who are who are slouches at all. However, I agree with you. I think his chin is on the decline big time. Like you said, being finished out of his last, like five out of his last six fights, all by knockout. That's not a good look. Um, I think Omari has heavy hands, believe it or not. Um, as do all, almost all Sambo guys for the most part, except Habib for some reason. Hey, he, he rocked Connor. I'll give him his heavy hands. Yeah, but I mean that was one time. <laughs> but uh, he's not super one. heavy-handed, like. But he, I feel Omari has pretty heavy hands, and uh, I think Omari is actually going to be able to kind of rock Wyman with the shot, like late first, maybe early second, and uh, get him down on the ground and just ground and pound him out and put him out. Well, I, man, I think the finish should be a little bit earlier. I I know about Sambo guys on his back, but. Amari does have five submission finishes. Of his twelve, the five are five are by submission. Right. He's not he's not a slouch in his jujitsu game, and I think that I think he's gonna outclass Weidman in this fight. I think Weidman, it's about time for Weidman to hang it up. He's thirty six. Right. I don't want to see him going the path of BJ Penn. Right. Yeah. You don't want to see that BJ Penn path. That's 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 the, one of the sad things, man. You have these guys who come in and become legends and. Or 14, don't know 15 and 0, or like, I mean, in Wyman's case, he was like 14 and 0 or something like that, or 11 and 0, and then just start Keep losing. Keep it twice. <laughs> and BJ Penn was like 12 and like 2 or something like that in his career, and then just lost 12 straight or something like that. Now he has like a losing record. So these, 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 these younger guys who are just getting into the sport now are going to look at that and be like, oh man, this guy's trash. This dude's twelve and fourteen, and we're like, well, if you did, if you did, if you didn't know his record now, and you look back at this guy back in two thousand and eight, this guy won the belt from Matt Hughes at one hundred seventy pounds while he was one hundred fifty five, or right after he won the one hundred fifty five pound belt, you know. So you gotta think about stuff like that. But yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna agree with you here. I think I'm gonna take Amari as well. To uh, I think he's gonna get an early finish against Wyman. Believe it or not, I think Wyman's just not there anymore, man. Just. And I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I really like Wyman. I think Wyman's a good guy. Um, I really hope Wyman can get the win, but I just don't think this happens. All righty, guys. So now on to our main event. We got our H-Town boy, Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek, the boa constrictor. The, the Ezekiel choke master, man. Um, so Derek Lewis is 23-7, and 14-5 um, in the UFC. Got a bunch of KOs. Alexi Olenek, 
is 59, 13, and 1. So let's see, that's 73 fights in his pro career. Am I counting that right? And let him know how many submissions this man got on his record, bro. 46 submissions by, on his record, guys. 46, not not like 4 or 6, 46 submissions on his record. Um, So Alexi Olenek is a really, really, really good ground guy. Amazing. He'll tap just about anybody in the world. He actually has gotten a lot better in his stand-up a little bit, but he's kind of looked a little off as of late as the age is probably wearing on him. If you think about it, 73 professional fights, not including the 20 maybe amateur fights he had and any background he had before that. There's a lot of wear and tear on your body, a lot of miles. But he's known to get knocked out by power strikers and explosive people such as Walt Harris, Alistair Overeem, Curtis Blades. And Lewis is the type of guy who will just blast you, dude. Just put you in the orbit. He's the second hardest hitter behind Francis Ngannou in the division. I mean, he doesn't have, like, Lewis doesn't have great takedown defense. But Olenek's not really the best person at getting a takedown either. A lot of the times you'll watch him, he'll kind of grab onto people and drag them to the ground. Lewis is too strong to get dragged to the ground. Uh, he's just maybe if it goes down to the fifth round or something like that, Olenek might be able to drag him to the ground. But I don't see that happening. Olenek's an older guy. He has he's, his last three losses have been by knockout. I think Derek Lewis goes in there. He might not get him out in the first round, but in the second or third round, I think Lewis blasts him with the shot and puts him to sleep, and it'll just be game over and and good night. You know. I just I see Derek starting to make a push again for another title shot eventually. Uh, Derek looks in really really good shape. It looks like he's actually starting to diet now, which is a good thing. I don't think he's gonna have to cut for that 265 anymore. I think he's gonna be around 260, which is good. He's gonna have a lot better tank gas tank on him, and uh, I mean if he can be faster than he already was for the size that he was, that's gonna be crazy because he already threw a high like a, like a super quick left high kick at like 300 pounds so imagine what he can do at 260 you know but yeah guys so i'm gonna i'm gonna take Derek lewis to win this in like second or third round knockout for sure yeah i agree with you here i mean looking at alexi that walt harris fight he got knocked out in 12 seconds it only takes like his chin he's fought like i want to i i'm sure you could round it up his total fights in his career counting i'm sure he's probably close to 100 probably and that's a lot of wear and tear, man. He's that, like, that, that doesn't that doesn't like count training and sparring yeah. sessions, you know. I want. I think I'm pretty sure he's 43 years old. I want to say, but he comes in and he has to take this fight to the ground because he's not st- he's not standing up with with Derek Lewis. This fight's gonna ha- have to go on the ground for him to have even have a shot. And with that, Lewis takedown defense isn't the greatest, but he's so much bigger. He's gonna be at least 40 pounds heavier than Alexi's gonna be. Alexi's been coming in under 230. Derek's strong. And Derek is big. Derek is huge. And especially if he has a gas tank on him, because that's when his biggest crutch is his gas tank. If he doesn't knock him out in the first, he's been dying. What, who is that? Who's the Russian he knocked Volkov. out? Volkov in the fifth round. He was getting demolished the whole fight. And then finally, he just, even in the fifth round, that power's still there, man. He just dropped it on him, dude. He just hit him with a nuke. It was the third round, huh? I'm pretty sure it was a main event. I thought it was a fifth. Uh, the, the main event, the, that card was that was DC Stipe one. That was that was that. Okay, but well then it was a third round, and he but, just, still end of the fight. He's exhausted, yeah. getting beat up. 
and he just, just drops a nuke. <laughs> like, just puts and I'm sure that wasn't even the hardest punch he threw that fight. No. <laughs> Homie just clipped him. And I think that's how this fight's going to go. I think Lewis is going to keep the fight on the feet. He's going to knock him out. Mm-hmm. This is going to be another knockout for Lewis's record. I think Alexi's close to retirement. But who knows? He's a big old Russian. He might have 10 more fights. 30 more fights in him. Who knows, you know? He's probably made out of mountain, too. But, and then that's, a, that's the other thing, though. Looking at it, how much smaller Alexi is, you would expect him to be the faster fighter, but he's not. No, Derek's he's not quick. The, he's not the faster fighter. Derek is going to be faster than him. He's going to be bigger, though. And mm-hmm. that's a scary combo if you're going into that fight. Big time. Big time. So Derek Lewis, knockout. First round. First round. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's definitely 100% possible. But I think I think a Linux veteran enough to kind of get out of that first round. But Walt Harris caught him in 12 seconds. I'm going to go first round. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably right. But well. All right, guys. So, yeah. Thanks again, guys, for watching. Um, we hope y'all, we give y'all a good pre-fight analysis we'll see who the pick'em king is after this week um we're gonna keep that title floating around until we can figure something out um, hey man i gotta keep the competition close yeah i picked yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I picked a, th- a toss-up in this in this card so we can have an opposite so we can have a winner yeah, yeah definitely. i gotta make, i gotta make, i gotta let you know there's still a competition right 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 and you just continue to lose that's all good man that's all good but hey, anyway if you, if you add them all up i'm still a winner yeah i guess so yeah i think you're ahead by like two or three fights yeah, that one card. Yeah, that hurt me, man. Up. That hurt me. That hurt me bad, dude. But anyways, all right, guys. So again, thank y'all. Continue to come in and check out the content, guys. We're gonna keep bringing it to y'all. Again, as we said in the last video um, that we post also tonight, be on the lookout. Big news coming. Um, we'll probably be doing maybe an in in person podcast next week. If not in person, I'll definitely be somewhere different than here because um, I'll be back home. But. Thanks, guys. Keep tuning in. Look out for the news. Love y'all. Keep checking the socials. We'll have all the updates and stuff for content coming and so forth and so on. Um, drop in the comments, guys, if there's any ideas for other videos that maybe y'all want to see us do, um, such as fights we want to see or top 10 list or stuff like that. Um, so we can start looking into potentially maybe coming out with another video every week as well. Maybe go to two videos instead of one every week. Uh, and just see so yeah you guys let us know what you want to see drop it in the comments whether it be on facebook instagram twitter or on youtube and yeah guys thank y'all thank you guys y'all have a great rest of the day peace guys